Welcome to the community of Holy Stragglers. It's a place for people who seek to follow in the way of Jesus, at least most days, but who wander and wonder and straggle and struggle along. If you don't have it all nailed down, then you are most welcome here and you're in good company. I'm Peggy Hames. I'm a minister and a therapist and a writer, and I enjoy bringing all of those worlds together because sometimes it is the bumps and bruises in our psyches that get in the way of the fullness of our souls. So let's straggle together. What's the first thing you do when your car dies on the side of the road? Well, if you're like me, the very first thing you do is to beat yourself up for not having done the thing that no sane person on the planet would have done, but somehow that you should have done anyway. (laughs) Well, that's what I did once upon a time. Let me explain. So I'd gotten this new car. It was a shiny red car. It had black leather seats and more than being just a great car. It was the first car I had bought entirely on my own. Now, I don't mean financially. I mean first car I'd bought without having my dad there with me, like to have my back, you know, and, and to, to, uh, to be the force there in, in negotiations. And I had negotiated. I was so proud of myself. I had walked out of the dealership I had come back later. I had negotiated prices and trade-in value, and I was feeling righteous and rocking it. So I hadn't had this car very long, and I I was driving it on a downtown street late in the day, and it slows and sputters and dies. And somehow I don't, you know, what, what I don't know about cars could fill a huge, huge room. But somehow I knew it was the fuel pump. So I'm over the side of the road. I'm calling AAA. I'm getting them there. While I'm waiting for the tow truck to come, I am beating myself up. Man, the fuel pump was bad. You bought a car with a bad fuel pump. You should have known better. Now, here's where it gets really ridiculous. Everybody checks the fuel pump before they buy a car. Yeah. No, and in case you don't, if, in case you know even less about cars than I do, if your fuel pump's not working, the car's not going. So if you press down on the accelerator and your car moves, that means your fuel pump's working. Nobody like gets under the hood or the car or wherever the dang thing is and checks out the fuel pump. But that was the bully in my head that was always looking for any opening to come in and beat me up. Maybe you know something about having that kind of critical voice. Now, thankfully, that was a really long time ago, like a really long time ago, like decades ago. And it's been a long time, and I did a lot of hard work, and that bully doesn't live in my head anymore. 
Yeah, he he may pop in for the occasional visit, but yeah, I seldom give him more than an overnight. So what I want to talk about in today's episode is when we confuse that bully with God's voice. You know, I was talking to somebody one day, and and they found out the faith tradition I'd grown up in, and they said, "When when was the first time they told you you were bad? Well, I was really lucky. That was like never. What I remember being told from my earliest years was how much God loved me and how precious I was in God's sight. And not that I was perfect, but it was okay. We could keep working on that together. But one of the things that can happen is that when we don't get those really wonderful messages, or we may have gotten them from people in our life, but there are other people in our life and culture giving us other messages, we confuse that highly critical voice in our head with God's voice. So it happens in a couple of different ways. One is... Um, we get confused that it's it's God's judgment on us, that God looks at us, and it's like it's like the um, the comment I hated to get on my report card. You know, back in the day, I had the these report cards that were like big, eight and a half by eleven cardboardy, like like heavy stock paper, and there was a space each quarter for the teacher to write a comment. And I dreaded the ones where the teacher wrote, Peggy is not working up to her potential. Oh, man, I hated those. Well, sometimes we get confused and we feel like God is up there somewhere looking down at us and writing on our spiritual report cards, you are not working up to your potential. And there's like so much judgment in that. And ugh, it feels awful. It feels like we're forever being measured and found wanting. We are never, ever good enough. I've known people, and maybe you do too, and maybe you are one of them, who live their lives in this eternal treadmill, trying to run fast enough and well enough, and accomplish enough, and do enough good things so that they will finally tip the balance and get the passing grade. You know, people, sometimes it manifests that you cannot say no to anything anybody in the church asks of you. Serve on this committee? Sure. Teach this class? I'm there. You know, go go on this mission trip, sign me up. I don't have any vacation days left at work, but sign me up anyway. And we get we get lined up for things that that really don't have our names on them. They are not who we are, they're not what we're good at. That's not where our interest and passion lies deep down. It's it's not our thing. But we wind up doing them all 
and wound up exhausted and bitter and having to move to another state to get out of teaching that class because we fear that if we don't do it, we're not going to be good enough. And that bully God in our head is going to come after us. Now, sometimes that critical voice gets framed as a spiritual voice. You know, that, oh, I'm just getting convicted. Um, God's Spirit's just showing me where, where I am not good enough. Now, there are times where we do honestly get convicted that we need to make changes. And I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But here's the difference. Here's how you know that it's not God's voice, is when you feel shamed. See, God never, ever shames us. God may confront us. God may challenge us. God may push and prod us. And sometimes it has been my experience that God even gives us a swift kick in the pants. But God never shames us, never leaves us with that feeling of being less than, of, of not being okay, of like of being rotten in our essence, in our bones. Not that we have done something wrong or not done something good. It's just that who we are, we are not okay. You know, there's... There's a, a wonderful uh, book called Original Blessing by Matthew Fox in which he points out that God's very first words to us are words not of condemnation, but of blessing. Very good. God looked at the man and the woman he'd made and said, very good. And God, one of God's first acts is an act of grace. That when this woman and man mess up big time and they realize that they are naked and they are all ashamed about that, God doesn't say, told you so. God doesn't say, ah, that's what you deserve, it's what you get. No, God, God sews clothes for them. And I love the picture of God, like, squinting eyes and, and uh, looking, looking fingertips to get that thread through the eye of the needle and then whipping up some clothes out of fig leaves. That's the confrontation God does. It's always always followed by grace. You see, and when we shame ourselves, when that bully beats us down, it always leaves us feeling less than. And the thing is, we don't feel like we have much hope or, or, or much strength in order to do anything different. It feels like this is just kind of who we're condemned to be. That's not what God does. 
sometimes we get things really distorted and we feel like being shamed is how we ought to feel. You know, that, that awful feeling that that we're... Well, in the South where I grew up, we have this phrase about getting above your raisin. Yeah, in some ways that we are getting above our raisin if we are not feeling beaten down. A uh, supervisor of mine once said that that a lot of Christians' favorite hymn is... Just as I am with without one plea, come wipe your muddy boots on me. Because that's, that's how that bully makes us feel. The bully just says, you are awful. You are so stupid. You are so dumb. You are hopeless. When you hear words like that in your brain, that's a sign that it is an internal critical voice talking and not the Spirit of God moving. That's real important. When you hear words like you are stupid or dumb or hopeless, those are the words of an internal critic They are not the words of the Spirit of God. God's Spirit may say, hey, you're not living right. You can do better than this. Or you're not treating yourself in very loving ways. You can do better than this. Or you're holding back out of fear that there won't be enough or that you're not good enough or that you don't have anything to offer and you can do better than that. God's voice never, ever puts us down. God's voice always invites us, invites us to be more of who we're created to be invites us to live an even better life, fuller and freer and more joyful life. And sometimes God's God's leading makes us stand up and face the consequences. You know, there is that accountability. But God will never, ever Shame us. God confronts us. God offers an invitation to us. And the whole kit and caboodle is wrapped up in love. Getting free of that critical voice giving that bully eviction papers to get them to move out of your head is one of the most powerful things we can do in our lives. It is tremendous. I told you that story at the beginning of me beating myself up. And man, I used to do that all the time and it felt miserable. And I got to tell you, it took so much energy and people ask me now, I say, gosh, how do you do everything that you do? 
Well, one of the ways that I do it is I have so much more energy and so much more time that because I don't have this bully in my head beating me up day in and day out. Please don't call that bully God because it's not. Now, it can be it can be tough learning to recognize when it's the voice of the bully and figuring out how to get that bully out of your head. And if that's you, if you want some help with that, I've got a course for you. Now, this comes out of a lot of work I have done through the years with a lot of people in helping them deal with their own critical voices. It's a voice, it's a series of, of videos, or you can listen to it as an MP3 file, or you can read it as a PDF, any which way you want to go, where we look at how that bully gets formed, and then specific tools for dealing with that bully. And these are tools, again, that I have used for years with people, and over and over again, they've been really effective. So if that's something that you're interested in, if that's something you have a need to address, if you are just plumb tired of having that bully beat you up all the time, then I invite you to take a look at it. You can go to heartcallings.com backslash enough and you'll find it there. And I'll put that link in the show notes too. In the meantime... God has created you, this beautiful human being. And God loves you more than we can even say. And God is willing for you one thing, and that is the fullness of the life that God created you to live. I hope that you will go forth this week. Remember that. Live out of it. No matter who you are or where you go or what you do or don't do in your life, God loves you so very much.